Hi, welcome, welcome, welcome to the podcast. Welcome to episode two of season two. I uh, don't have anyone that I'm interviewing today. It's just little old me, but I have something I want to share with you, something I've been thinking about recently, and I hope you like it. This one probably will be a little shorter, and I'm actually trying to record without having to edit so much. So my goal, my one goal is to not say um 500 times. So wish me luck with that. Um, I want, <laughs> boom, I just said it. <laughs> Oof. Okay. A couple years ago, my husband and I went to Amsterdam, which by the way, is where I should be living. I mean, did you know that they ride bicycles everywhere? When we were wandering around Amsterdam, everywhere you looked, everywhere that a bike could be chained up, a bike was chained up on fences, on lampposts, on shrubbery, sides of buildings, whole bike racks. I mean, I'm talking rows and rows and rows of bike racks. It was a beautiful sight. I took pictures of bikes everywhere. And we ended up using bicycles as our mode of transportation, which was awesome. I even saw a woman carrying home a recently purchased, like a little end table tucked under one arm while riding her bike. People were taking their kids to school on bicycles. It was awesome. I loved it. That is just a little side note. That's not the point of this podcast, but visit Amsterdam. It was amazing. But on the flight to Amsterdam, it was like nine hours. It was, I think it was a little longer than nine hours actually, but I watched so many movies. And there was one of the movies that I watched that was called Free Solo. Have you seen this? It was a documentary about a guy named Alex Honnold who attempts to be the first person ever to free solo climb the vertical face of El Capitan in Yosemite National Park. It's like an elevation of, I don't know, I think it's like 7,500 feet, but it's like straight up and down. It's just vertical. And if you don't know what free soloing is, it's climbing without the assistance of safety nets or ropes. So it's just you your fingers, you know, a little bit of gear, maybe some chalk in a bag. It's just you on that rock using your own strength and experience to get to the top. So, I mean, like so scary. But this guy is a really well-known free solo climber, but this is this is his goal. This mountain is the one that he wants to conquer and he's tried it a couple times but always ends up turning back around because you kind of have to like map out where you're going to go and you go left here and you go right here and you use this hand and you do that hand. And he's done it a couple of times with the assistance of ropes to kind of try to figure it out. And then his goal is to do the climb, no ropes, no assistance. There were so many things about this documentary that were both inspiring and mind-blowing, but I wanted to share with you this one thing that just really jumped out at me. In fact, I made a note on my phone and made it my screensaver so that I wouldn't forget it so they could think about it and like ponder it. And this is what I want to share with you today. And here's what he said. He said, you face your fear because your goal demands it. Now, This was in response to people saying, how can you do this? Aren't you scared? Aren't you scared to do this climb? And he's like, of course I am. Of course I'm afraid to do it. It's frightening. I could die. But then he goes on to say, but I have this goal. I have this thing that I want. I have this activity that I want to try. I have this summit I want to reach. I have this goal that I would like to accomplish. And because the goal is important to him, Facing the fear is not optional. And that's what struck me about it. Because it's not facing the fear just for the sake of being brave. 
but it's about wanting something, wanting something so much, wanting something enough that nothing is going to keep you from trying it, even fear. So this got me thinking, is there something in your life that you want that much? Is it a new friend? Is it a better relationship? Is it a new job? Do you want to run a marathon? Do you want to start a business? Do you want to learn a skill? Like, what is it? Whatever that thing is that popped into your head when I asked you that question. I hope that you decide you want it enough to try. I know I'm super late to the party, but I have been watching Game of Thrones. So I'm watching Game of Thrones and I know I'm like super duper late to the party, but I've just recently started watching it. In fact, I mean, I'm not to brag or anything, but I am watching it with such a fury. I think I've gotten through in a week's time. I'm almost to ep- to season five, <laughs> but I am watching it really well. <laughs> anyway, in the f- one of the, f- it was in season one. It might've even been in the first episode. There's this character named Ned Stark and he is talking to his son and his son asks him, can a man still be brave if he's afraid? And his response is, that is the only time a man can be brave. So that's true, right? It's the same principle. It's, it's when the thing that you want is scary, that's the only time you can practice true bravery and like overcoming those th- feelings and thoughts of what if I fail? What if I make a fool of myself? What if, what if, what if, what if? All of the things that could possibly happen, all the things that could possibly go wrong. But if you want the thing badly enough, if you want to accomplish it, try it, succeed at it, have it in your life, then you face the fear because the goal demands it. So whatever that thing is that popped into your head, I hope that you decide you want it enough to try. And if nothing came to mind, think about the last time you felt truly excited about something and then do more of that. Because, right, life is too short. And shouldn't we all do more things that excite us and frighten us in equal measure? In that spirit, there is something that I have been wanting to do for a while. And I think I've actually brought it up a couple of times on previous episodes. So maybe if you've listened before, this isn't news to you. Have you heard of The Moth? It's a live show of storytelling. So it's like you get up on a stage and you recite a story from your own life. It has to be a story that actually happened to you. You tell it live without notes, just from memory. And you know, you've rehearsed it and you've practiced it and the story you're telling has an arc to it. So you know where you're going. It's not just people getting up and rambling, but it's like a performance. And you get on stage and you tell this story and there's this like connection to the audience because you're they're ooing and eyeing, they're gasping with you, they're sad, they're crying, they're clapping in triumph when something amazing happens. And so it's this like connection between storyteller and audience. And it's this really cool event. Anyway, they have a podcast. You can go see them live. They have competitions, but they have one in Salt Lake City called The Bee, which is patterned after the moth. And I have attended it a couple of times and I love it. Oh my gosh, I love it so much. And I would love to tell a story at an event like that. 
But there's also slam poetry competitions that is similar in that you tell a story or uh, not a story, you recite an original poem, but you perform it. So you get up on stage and you perform it. And it's a poem that doesn't have to rhyme. It's not like classical poetry necessarily. And most of the time you comment on things that you feel deeply. So they are, well, isn't that what all of poetry is really? But it's a performance poetry piece. And you get up and you recite it. And again, there's this connection to a live audience and you perform it. And both of these things appeal to me so, so much but I haven't done it yet. I haven't attempted it yet. A couple reasons why, because you have to kind of like, I don't don't even know where to start. I don't know how you enter them. I don't know how you, you become involved with it, but I will do it. Like I really have this desire to do it. And the thought of it is so scary to me. The thought of getting up on a stage and just like unzipping your chest and opening up your heart for people to take it in, to see it, to see you, to see what's important to you, to know what you're vulnerable about is both exciting and thrilling and also terrifying. (laughs) But it's a goal. It's a goal. It's It's going to happen at some point. But I thought what I would do is start today hiding a little bit behind my microphone, just a little bit because I'm still out in public, but I have... Uh, an original poem that I have that I wrote a couple of years ago. The poem that I'm going to share with you is about something that a lot of women wrestle with on a daily basis, and that is that of body image. But I approach it from this place of parts of my body that are genetically just like my grandmother's and my mother's, and how reframing how I see it changes how I experience it. I hope you like it. My whole goal here is for you to have some thought of something that you really, really want. Like, what is it? Is there something that you want to try that you've been afraid to try? And if so, if so, are you willing to face the fear because the goal demands it? Those things that you feel fear about, those things that you're scared to do, that means you're doing it right. That means you're headed in the right direction. I feel like we should all feel a little bit nervous to do something, at least monthly. So that's my challenge for you. I hope you take it. Anyway, this is me going first. This is me doing a scary thing. I hope you like it. This is called Relda. I can stand on one leg. One is all I need. To be clear, I have two, but they are like the trunks of trees. So one is all it takes. They are thick and strong, and sturdy. Sturdy is not always the preferred word to describe a woman's legs, but it is inescapable. I get them from my grandma. Once in a hot yoga class, I was told my only goal was to breathe despite the intense heat. My thought was this. Is that a thought? Okay, that was a sound. My thought was this. I will breathe better in this heat than anyone that has come before me because my attitude is just that, attitude. I get it from my grandma. Not only could I breathe in a hot yoga studio, but that point at which the teacher says, your left leg should be solid, concrete, one piece, lamppost, unbroken, you have no knee. I think, my leg is a freaking sequoia. I get them from my grandma. When I was small, I recall noticing my grandma's calves. They were exactly like my mother's, thick as thighs and sturdy. I hadn't realized that they had been passed down to me until one day. 
One of those days we don't choose to remember but can't seem to forget. That day at age 13 when a boy, a cute one, walking behind me in the halls of our school observed, you shouldn't wear shorts, dot, dot, dot. Those calves need covering. That day, and others like it, a seed was planted, a seed that I watered and tended to, not intentionally, mind you, but I nurtured it until it grew into a tangled weed with thorns and gummy sap that would stick to every part of my body until I hated it. This one precious body that I have, that my mother made for me, made possible by her mother who made hers, and I am forever connected to them by blood and love and legs. I am now a woman of significant years, old enough to know that boys say dumb things and that girls shouldn't listen to them. But while I am still untangling that weed from parts of myself, I have claimed my calves, my legs, my trunks. They are thick and strong and sturdy. And despite the winds that blow through my branches and try to knock me down, I am still standing. I get that from my grandma. Thank you so much for being here. I genuinely appreciate this opportunity to share and learn with you. I would love to keep the conversation going on my website. This is gettinggood.com. Every episode has a blog post that includes links to the things we discuss. There are pictures of my guests and highlights from our conversation. So check it out and leave any comments or insights or thoughts you have about the episode. I would love to hear from you. You can also connect with me on Instagram or Facebook, as well as sign up for the monthly email. Links to all of that on the website. And if you're interested in being a guest on the podcast, head to the website and click apply. It's all there at thisisgettinggood.com. If you found value in this podcast, why not subscribe? Better yet, write a review and share it with a friend. 